I was like, I'm going to figure this LA thing out. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure it out. In order to have the perseverance to keep going, you get denied jobs, you get denied, you know, things and auditions, you get told no a lot. There's a lot of like deconstructive things sometimes that you have to overcome. I think passion is definitely something that rides you through that because if you don't have like a purpose or a passion with doing something, overcoming something is going to be super difficult. Now I got the opportunity to go to Asia, which is a whole nother thing of overcoming. Hey y'all, hey, it's your host, Pisa Noel, and welcome to the Pisa Noel Show, hashtag PNS, a talk show based in LA, California, where most of the guests reside. Also a talk show where we always find that laugh. I am stoked that we have officially arrived at PNS season two, themed overcoming the odds and pursuing passion. In addition, PNS viewers and listeners have now been named, drum roll, Pisa Noel Show passion propellers and bold beauties. You may be saying, hmm, what do that mean? Well, all that means is that you are bold, beautiful, and not just pursuing, but propelling your passion. And if you're not quote unquote yet, I think you will after hearing these stories. Throughout my journey as a former professional dancer turned talk show creator, I have met some fascinating people with inspiring stories. Let's dive on in and hear them. Peace out. What's up, my Pisces Noel show passion propellers and bold beauties? How are y'all? Hey. hey. <laughs> Today I have my great friend Isaiah Rashad here, and he is actually an international choreographer. He's an entertainer and he's a visual designer. Hi, Isaiah. Oh my gosh. Hi, Pisa. How are you? I'm so good. So happy to have you here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. I'm so proud of you. I love this. Like this is, this is so. Thank you so, so cool. much. You guys know, I always have to like start off with my reasons of inviting people and just my accolades. So um, Isaiah, he has just been really a delight to know. I met him in LA when we were dancing and we had a mutual friend that would do my hair from the apartment and they were roommates. So he would do my mm-hmm. hair. And the whole time I would always see Isaiah, that he would be watching dance videos. His friends would come, he would choreograph. So like, I've always seen this real big passion for dance. So I love that already. And then he also choreographed his first project and he actually invited me. I did that. And then I just felt like I saw Isaiah just keep going up and up. And then I feel like that was the beginning of a lot of accomplishments, the VMAs. And then next thing I know, he's out of the country and I'm like, good Lord. (laughs) So I really saw him rise to the occasion and follow his passion. But, you know, beyond accomplishments, what I really, really love about people that are successful and on the show is character. Even when he was in China and out of the country, I would always just see little like blurts of positivity. And he is always just saying something nice to everybody and just, you know, sending a little bit of love. Oh, I love that video work. Get it. You know, and he was actually one of the very first people to cheer on my project for the Pisces and the Well show, even when it was at the very beginning. And yes, I have always remembered that, like, you could, <laughs> it was real slim pickings on people that was cheering me on, but uh-huh. he always cheered me on. And you always just stayed very humble because he's like a superstar out there. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I asked him here, because I just wanted some of that great, humble energy. And also, I love the story. So, 
Oh my gosh. I, wow. Thank you so much. Like this is the first time I've ever been interviewed um, in this way, you know, via vlog other than what I like do myself, but it's nice to be able to like chat with somebody, especially like a long time friend and someone I grew up with in LA. Like that's really, really endearing. Our theme for the Pipes and Noel show season two is overcoming the odds and pursuing passion. Isaiah, what came to mind first? Overcoming. I mean, there's so many instances where I felt like I was overcoming something. I mean, even moving from Seattle to LA, 16 hour drive, kind of a three and a half hour flight, but going there my first time ever, I was facing things I needed to overcome, which were my, my own insecurities and own fears of being surrounded by so much talent in one place. Like, you know, that first time you moved to LA, it's like, it's the capital of like entertainment, literally. So you're like, wow, I'm really in this like immersive environment. And you still have to be able to like find who you are and shine within that. And so overcoming that was like literally the first <laughs> lesson I had. And you, you, you learn it pretty quickly because in order to have the perseverance to keep going, you get denied jobs, you get denied, you know, things and auditions, you get told no a lot. There's a lot of like deconstructive things sometimes that you have to overcome to keep your passion. I think passion is definitely something that rides you through that because if you don't have like a purpose or a passion with doing something, overcoming something is going to be super difficult because you have to have that push and that perseverance. And I think just my love for the craft, my love for entertainment. And I was like, I'm going to figure this LA thing out. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure it out. And by the time I got in the groove of figuring things out, I got the opportunity to go to Asia. So yeah. And which is a whole nother thing of overcoming, you know, this is going to an entirely different country. I said, yes, like almost instantaneously. I've always loved traveling. I never got to really travel far when I was young, but like to go somewhere, I've always like had that dream. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to travel and I'll be in a plane longer than three and a half hours. And, you know, overcoming that fear of flying that long and then just what to even expect. But my love for um, community and creativity and culture and just my passion with entertainment. I was like, this has got to be something I got to like see through <laughs> and overcome it. Like no matter what happens and what goes on. And there was a lot to overcome, you know, there's like, there's language barriers, there's food, it's, it's way of life. Like it's a completely different country. And I think initially going, I was a little nervous, but at the same time, I wanted to overcome that fear. And, you know, I knew I was going out to entertain. I've always wanted to like entertain around the world. So yeah, overcoming is, is big for me because that's how I continue to to stay on the straight and narrow is to continue to push myself to overcome those insecurities and those fears because sometimes they come back. So yeah, I think perseverance and passion and purpose really push you through for sure. <laughs> yes. Your passion for dance come as a kid or was it later? Um, I feel yes. Um, absolutely. I didn't, I don't think I knew at the time, but I was always moving. My mom told me that when I was little, I would always be moving. And I actually have like this really cool picture that um, I'm going to get framed soon, but like, it's a picture of my mom and I, and we're dancing together, but I'm in diapers. And so my mom was like, no, this is like the moment you were moving. Also my mom um, used to dance like a little bit back in middle school. She was like, I always wanted to be a dancer. And I just felt like I had one. I always think I've had a passion for it, but I was also into just being active all the time. I have asthma too. So like, I was always trying to like overcome that, overcome, there's that word again. <laughs> Me overcoming that when I was little, I just like to just be active. And um, I actually did karate for eight years and that kind of like led me into dance. I was always making up dances when I was little 
and um, doing stuff with my sister. And she was like, I don't know how to dance. And I'd be trying to get her to dance. <laughs> like, just learn this, just learn this little part. I'm just trying to show you something. But like, I always had like a drive for performance as I got older. I just didn't realize that it happened like when I wasn't even aware of it, you know, in diapers. Just yes. <laughs> when did you like actually do, I guess, say uh, organized dance? So I, I was self-taught. I did not do any classes wow. uh, initially um, because I was watching videos like oh, the VHSs, man. you know, putting them in, recording all of like the MTV awards and recording all the music videos from BET 106 and Park and, you know, Rap City and MTV VH1. Like I would record all of these performances. I think the first thing I actually really put attention into learning was Remember the Time. And it was just, I don't know, seeing how cool like people were moving and moving all swift and stuff like that. I was just very captivated by that. And of course, the magic of music videos. I mean, Michael was turning into dust and there's, you know, there's just stuff going on. I was like, oh my God, I want to do stuff like this. And so I would sit and learn videos. And also a big help too was Fly Girls from In Living Colors. And I would learn all their stuff. I would watch it over and over and over. And it was just something I was just like, dang, I want to do this. is so fun. I'm going back, back, I guess, to little Zay. I also, um, I used to do like Jane Fonda videos with my grandma at the time. <laughs> so I think that's like sequential <laughs> steps. When I started actually kind of putting steps together, my grandma was like doing these Jane Fonda videos and my mom had a Paula Abdul get up and dance videos. Those were like my beginning stages of like following along. Just a lot of stuff that I was able to have movement. I was watching before I got into class because I didn't get a chance to like take uh, tap, jazz, ballet. I didn't get a chance to do any of that when I was younger. So all like my dance training and, and inspiration came from just watching videos and, you know, learning things like that. And so a lot of it was like self-taught at first. Oh my gosh. Like I'm, I'm in awe that you were self-taught. <laughs> and this is a pure example of defying eyes because somebody that was self-taught that is now a professional dancer and choreographer. <laughs> so if that's not an eye to defy, oh my gosh. I mean, people spend tons of money and train and everything and they don't even get to the level that you got to so it's also just very natural talent because you would never know that he didn't get all this training like you're just so gifted so oh my goodness I will have to say too on top of that I think what was kind of my first class in terms of learning movement learning how to flow through movement have intensity having different contrasts of movement was karate I think a mixture of that with dance learning it from videos and stuff really, really helped me out. So we had a uh, karate talent show. And so I decided that I was going to dance. It was like this literal long stick and it was in the back of our karate building. And I was like, okay, I'm going to dance. I'm going to do something with this. And I had like danced with it or whatever and did like this whole like routine with it. And my sensei was like, do you dance? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I dance at home and stuff. And um, the sensei's daughter had just so happened to be going to a dance studio that later now I am now teaching at. She was like, okay, I'm going to take you to the, like, I'm, you're going to come to the studio with me because she, she went like every weekend. And I was like, okay. And I was, I want to say 14 or 15 at the time. And so like um, I had went and tried it out. And ever since then I was in, in dance class. I took my first like hip hop class there and just fell in love with the craft and just really immersed myself into it. You know, and then later from there, joined the high school dance team and we went to the Apollo and everything. I mean, my I have it's so I'm sorry if I'm like giving you so much information. I've just literally never been asked about like my journey. And so now it's like, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was kind of like a simultaneous thing happening where I, you know, I was in karate. I was learning from music videos, middle school dance team. I was making up dances. Like it kind of all festered into me becoming this choreographer that I've wanted to become. <laughs> Doing these interviews, you just really hear how our steps are just ordered. Yeah. And- just come full circle and it's kind of like an enlightenment as as we share and yeah, talk and I'm sitting here like that did that so I'm really enjoying that and the one thing that also stuck out was you trying to tell me that your first dance class was at 15 <laughs> oh, my gosh yeah the, the reason I'm saying this this is because some people like me started out early and I'm like dang you got good oh quick <laughs> That is just really, really cool. Like, defying the odds, defying the odds. Because, you know, they say uh, for people that don't dance, there's a myth that you have to start so young and, you know, get your body ready and all this stuff. And then people that really made it professional, they just have the passion and the natural gift. You know, it's not always about all these feet and technique and all that stuff. Right. Um, Yeah. And I had to learn that. That was kind of another thing I had to overcome was learning that when I got to LA, that's why I like was just so excited and nervous was that I didn't have any of that type of training. I had took a couple of jazz classes, but I wasn't like, technically trained. And so I felt that, you know, I had started a little late getting into classes. And so like, that was something else I had to overcome was like learning how to turn learning sequenced steps into like, you know, performance and into something that people can actually, you know, you can connect with people and watch. And so, you know, that was a, that was a thing too, for sure. (laughs) Well, you got it. And not to mention just like stylistically, when I got to LA, um, I call it like the water era where like everything was like behind the beat for like two seconds. I don't know if you remember that. It's hard to do that. Listen, listen, I was training and not that that's like a, a bad way or anything. Like that was something I obviously needed to work on and train in. But like in Seattle, I had learned all about like performance and precision and, you know, how to be, because I wanted to be a backup dancer. So I was learning all of like, the elements of controlling your body and this and this and that. And so getting to LA and then I'm like in this performance mode. And meanwhile, everyone's like lazy behind the beat or they're doing other things. I'm like, well, listen, I don't try. I want to, I want to backup dance. I'm not trying to be behind the beat. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's fun and it was different, but like I would always get confused at auditions and stuff because I didn't know whether I needed to turn that on or turn on like performance. And then, you know, like I also had, built like this effeminate way of moving as well. And so that was also a thing, not like now, like it's, I love where LA is now in terms of like inclusivity and like everything. If you can dance and you can get the count, you you know, you're booked kind of thing. Um, whereas before, like there was still like, you know, they wanted you to switch up how you dance or made sure you do this. And so it was, you know, there was a lot of insecurity to overcome during that time for sure. Yeah. It seemed like there wasn't as much room for, men to dance it would always be like just men have to be masculine period yep. and women had to be feminine yep. and it wasn't really room for people to switch up but now I see so much diversity in that so one more question about your transition to LA what was the defining moment to say let me move to LA well, monsters of hip-hop monsters of hip-hop first ever convention workshop anything was in Seattle they started in Seattle And so I went and um, it was it was the two day convention Uh, we had like took from Seanette from Marty. Uh, They had the audition 
um, piece at the end where you can kind of audition to scholarship. You could actually audition like to get an agent or you could get scholarships to come back. And so they were giving those away, you know, after teaching the choreography, you perform it and then they, you know, would choose who would get something. I got an invitation from Julie McDonald to come down to MSA after doing Justin Timberlake's uh, Like I Love You Marty's, Marty's choreo. And I was, I just remember being so like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this might be it, this might be it. And so like, I don't know. At that time, I didn't, I couldn't afford to go to LA at the time. And like, I couldn't afford to just go up and leave. So I was like, okay, I knew, I know I have to like, maybe come down here and just kind of take some class, come down to an audition, kind of see what was going on. And so transition to LA was kind of like difficult at the time, just because like, I wasn't able to do it as immediately as I wanted to. And so like, I had to like really work. I was working at Starbucks. I had to like work and save to like, get myself down there to be able to at least visit. So I did that. I visited, I met with um, MSA when I first went down there and it was just like already, it was my first time like in LA, like as like a talent. Cause I had been when I was little to go to Disneyland, but I'd never been like with me, like in life trying to make this happen for myself. So I had went um, to MSA and spoke to one of the representatives there and they were telling me all the stuff I needed. It was like, you know, LA casting, Actors Access, when are you going to move? Da, 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 da. And I kept being like, oh gosh, you're like, can you get here in like six months? And I was like, uh-huh, I could try. <laughs> and so like, it was just all this like stuff I didn't know you needed to have like being in LA. And so when I got back to Seattle, I was like, dang, like I got to get all this before I can even go down there. So it took me like a year and a half or two to kind of get down there. But I was in communication with them. Uh, which is what I try to tell people. Like, if you're not going to be down, at least be in communication with people so that you're still in their faces. But um, I was still in communication. So by the time I got down there and moved, they were able to find me. And then that's how I was able to get with MSA. Oh my gosh. That was a big eye to define. Yeah. Even getting out there a year and a half later, that's very fast because there's so much to do. (laughs) So much to do. There's so much to do and you don't know. And that, and that's funny because that's one of the things that I'm working on here in Seattle is having like a program designed to aid that before people get to LA. We have a lot of talented dancers here in Seattle and a lot of people who are just like, seriously, once they get it, down the LA, they're going to be great. But like, you know, we have such a whole new world of like marketing and branding and advertising and knowing what you need before you go and having, you know, if I would have knew all that, I would have totally invested in all that prior to going to LA because it's like preparation, you know, meets opportunity. And when I got down there, I was looking for opportunity with no preparation. So like, you know, like it was, it was a lot to to take in at the same time, taking these classes, needing money for classes and, um, trying to be involved as much as you can. Like that was a whole, whole thing to overcome for sure. Yeah. um, It's just like a beast. And first of all, MSA is one of the big, for people that don't know, MSA is one of the biggest like dance agencies out there. So most people spend years trying to get signed and Isaiah got signed right away at Monsters. So that's a huge win. <laughs> so I just wanted to let you guys know how big that is. In terms of um, industry-wise, what I would have did different was definitely made sure I was prepared. And that's why I'm, I'm like really working on something to like get people prepared for that if they do want to move to LA or New York or now Atlanta or anywhere that has an industry that you know, you want to work in. And really these days, like 
everything is digital and online. So it's pretty, it's pretty like swift to build, to build your brand. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. In some ways, but in other ways, getting the popularity and the followers, you know, now that's a new challenge for people. And Listen, a new challenge. But I learned this in school that, you know, you, you go where you grow and social media is hard because yes, you want to appease to, you know, obviously like colleagues and peers or people you want to work with. But at the same time, there's people who are also looking at you who don't have your story and who are looking up to you or you know, they may not have that same advantage in whatever you're doing, even if you don't think it's big, is inspiring them. And so you cater to those people because those are going to be the ones that genuinely support you, that are 100% going to be behind you and are going to challenge you in ways that like are beneficial and not like to like deter you. And so, you know, that's, I think that's important too. I love that statement. (laughs) That is so true. So true. Tell us about your experience as a black man in China. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Uh, this is like- Stay tuned for part two of Isaiah Rashad on the Pison Noel Show. Thank you for tuning in to the Pison Noel Show. Hashtag PNS. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode, got something out of it and found that laugh somewhere. If you are a visual person like me and you want to see these stunning guests in their interviews, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Pisa Noel Show PNS. If you're feeling the PNS podcast, please hook a sister up with a fantastic rate and review. Okay. (laughs) They just got the option on Spotify now too. So, you know, hook a girl up. Last but not least, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Pisa Noel Show. Blessings, love, and laughter, y'all. Peace out.